the heart of Shasha. Pulse 95. A story to tell. Pulse 95 Live. From cover to cover at the Sharjah International Book Fair. Good morning. Welcome back to the show from cover to cover with me, Ahmed Daoud and Omnia Saleh. Got a special guest with us today at the studio, Namdi Ehram, uh, a young writer from Nigeria who's not long ago released his debut novel. Hello. Hello. Good. How you doing, Sharjah? <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully Sharjah's doing well. Uh, so... Your novel came out uh, not very long ago. It's called Prince of Monkeys. Yes. Could you tell us a little bit more about your debut work? Okay, so Prince of Monkeys is um, a coming-of-age story. Mm. It's more autobiographical than I like to admit. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and it's pretty much um, speaks to my experience, I would say my generation's experience of growing up in a very, very diverse Nigeria where um, in the book, right, which is similar to my life, it's a group of six, seven friends mm -hmm. from really, really diverse families, ethnicities, religions. In Nigeria, for example, we're over 200 million people and it's uh, over 100 ethnicities and languages and multiple religions. So it's a very diverse community and that's where I come from and that's what the characters represent. And in the innocence of their childhood, they're all very pure and innocent in the way they interact with each other. But when they grow up, they adapt to their parents' biases and the biases of their ethnicities and their religions. And it's pretty much, they pretty much come to a point where they have to find out how to live and accept each other amidst the diversity of opinion and thoughts. Well, there's lots to unpack here. It's pretty interesting you told me that it's semi-autobiographical, yeah. but it's set in the 80s and the 90s. Exactly. What made you pick that time period? I mean, so I could lie and say it's not autobiographical, <laughs> right? It gave me a bit of an escape. And also, largely because um, there's, a there's a very huge political angle to the book, and I didn't want it to come off as a critique of the current political mm. um, environment, right? If I was writing to the current time, it would come off as a critique to the, to the current political environment. I wanted it to, it was, or it is rather, a critique of the political structure as a whole. Mm. But, uh, so one interesting thought in mind is publishing houses, they tend to usually uh, define the African novel from the stereotype for African literature in English, which was uh, typically created by the success of uh, the famous novel Things Fall Apart and uh, that one typically talks about the wrestler, uh, the life of a wrestler in a fictional Nigerian clan. So how would you define uh, Nigerian or African literature? Yeah, I mean the, the conversation around Things Fall Apart is very tricky, right, because it has its obvious pros in the sense that um, it was the first, it was the most prominent um, book of its era written about um, Nigeria slash Africa in, during a period where a lot of the opinions and books on Africa had been written by the Europeans and it was a very, very tinted view mm -hmm. and it wasn't the kind of stories people agreed to or related to, right? So when Things Fall, things fall Apart came out and people engaged it, they could see themselves in the mirror because the story was more relatable and they felt more honest, right? But also the con in the, in the way that um, people pretty much pigeonholed what African literature should be and if it wasn't close or similar to Things Fall Apart, it wouldn't be viewed as um, valid African literature. But I think since the turn of the millennium, right, there has been a very, very new crop of writers from Nigeria and Africa as a whole 
have pretty much broken the stereotype or at least challenged it and are doing things that are way more diverse so people are doing literary fiction people are doing fantasy people are doing crime mm-hmm. people are doing things that originally people would question and say oh this isn't african enough right yeah. there isn't any black magic or anything mm. exotic right so and let's talk about that a little bit more because you said they're shoehorning african literature into one category they, yeah. there are these expectations that you would deal with certain subject matter for you as a writer writing your first novel did you feel pressured to talk about certain subject matter a little bit more based on those expectations or were you immediately just trying to do something completely different so um, in a way no it's it's a real it's, I understand what you're saying and it's a real uncurrent fear right especially in this current climate and then like when I was writing the book in 2014 2015 2016 it was a period where I mean most of the literature coming out of Africa was still coming out from the West in the last few years things have changed people are getting published from Nigeria and getting success and fame from Nigeria but when I began in 2014 there weren't as many templates but I think what saved me from that burden was the fact that when I started the book I hadn't published anything at all right Mm. so I hadn't published a short story an essay I had attained zero acclaim so I pretty much started off writing the book um, for me and my friends to read, mm. it was a very, very, it was very ambitionless. Yeah. Right. There wasn't any grand ambition of publishing or winning awards, because I mean, I hadn't even gotten published in a magazine. True. So he allowed me to write a very, very free story that I could relate to that I wanted to write. I think now writing my second book now that's that's more of a pressure, right? Because mm-hmm. it's almost like I really want to win the Booker Prize now. So like, should I? Is there a Booker type of story I should write? That kind of thing. Definitely. You, sorry about like you saying that you wrote the book for you and your friends to read. That yeah. really resonates with me, and I think it resonates with a lot of writers as well. My question now is, your friends, your peers, mm-hmm. because you've touched on this thriving literary scene in Nigeria. Yeah. Does literature speak to a lot of young people there? Are a lot of are there? Are we seeing more and more young writers come up? Could you talk a little bit about that scene in particular? <coughs> oh, definitely, definitely. And like I said, over the turn of the millennium, right? I feel. Um, with um, Chimamanda DJ coming on the scene, it was almost like an Achebe moment again. Because, I mean, growing up, it was, um, we knew Achebe and we knew Shoinka, we knew the older people, but it was like, oh yeah, those are old guys, right? They're not cool enough. I don't want to do what they do because it's not cool. But when she put out the first book, she was 26. And she made it super cool for a new generation to write. And Tejiko put out work as well, Helen Habila, and all these guys were in their um, late 20s or early 30s, right? And they were young and they were hip. And you were running to them at festivals and you were running to them at concerts, right? So people started aspiring to do literature, right? And prior to that, everybody was doing music or everybody was trying to do a movie. But now there's a huge number of people trying to do literature as well. And that's helping the ecosystem because now a broader range of stories are coming out, right? Mm-hmm. People are exploring different themes, different styles, different genres, and it just makes a more robust, robust ecosystem for, for the work coming out. Definitely. And I mean, looking at your childhood, you definitely had an interesting childhood because you grew up and you were moving from one place to another. So what period of your life do you find yourself writing about the most? Hmm. I think I I find myself writing about um, firstly or in my book what pushed my book was my first move when I moved out of um, the neighbor the state and neighborhood I grew up in so for the first time that's when uh, I went halfway across the country mm. to a new people 
and for me it was more like experiencing a different side of humanity and my experience wasn't the only experience and my stereotype wasn't the only one right for the first time i was the other right i was the one other people were looking at like hmm you sound funny you look <laughs> funny and for me that was different right because it helped me empathize more with the human experience empathize more with people who came from minorities so that was a very very huge learning experience for me but now like living in 2019 i pretty much write on the go so if i'm in Sharjah, i'm documenting stories in Sharjah. like when i'm walking past a few people making jokes in english i might steal a joke and pen it down <laughs> or when i see um, a nice um interaction or scene or just a nice building and the architecture feels good i could steal something from that and when i'm in madrid i do the same thing like i'm walking on the road i'm at um restaurants i'm always always searching for stories right and i have like on my phone i have this like note draft where i just pen down stolen ideas <laughs> and if i'm with a notepad like i write down stolen ideas for when i'm working on stuff and i just throw everything into the pot well it's pretty so. interesting uh listening to you talk about the method of writing and your sources of inspiration another thing about you that's that i find pretty interesting is you're an investor an entrepreneur am i yes correct yes would you consider writing a novel an investment? Man, I had a conversation <laughs> with this about a friend a while ago, right? Writing a book is definitely, is definitely a gamble, right? I would say it's more VC than PE mm-hmm. because VC, like, I mean, it's more of a gamble. It's more of a risk. The chances of you making it are slimmer, is less calculated. But when you do make it big, if you get a mix right, then mm-hmm. you come into a decent amount of money and so that's that's one angle but also like from a non-financial point of view it's definitely an investment in the sense that um i mean you dilute your own personal experience into a book and what you get in return is the chance to um one expose yourself to the world and share your thoughts and views which has an incredible ripple effect but also you expose yourself to other people's um worldview so this is my first time in Sharjah and i get to meet the people here and i get to learn about the culture and that enriches my life and enriches the stories i tell after this and next year i'll I'll be in amsterdam and berlin and i would also immerse myself in this culture and learn so in and that's also like a very very huge non-financial investment that's absolutely worth it and now that you've got your first novel down i mean first of all how does that feel having finished that I mean, it's, it's super, it's super relieving, right? Because, I mean, it's almost like if you say you're a musician and you're like, oh yeah, what's the name of your last album? And like, oh, I don't have an album out. <laughs> so for a writer, you're like, oh yeah, I'm a writer. Okay, what's the name of your book? Can I get it on Amazon? And you're like, nah. <laughs> so having the first book out, like takes away a lot of pressure. So now people can take me seriously as a writer. And so now I think I will probably be under less pressure doing my second book because it doesn't have to come out next year. It doesn't have to come out in the next two years. It will come out whenever it's ready. Well, that's brilliant. And as far as the Sharjah International Book Fair, any other plans that you have uh, for Sharjah and what you're doing here? Yes. So um, following my panel with um, Haji Jabbar on Wednesday, it was a very, very huge learning experience for me, especially because he spoke... I mean, for me, I'm, a, I'm an African writer writing from Africa predominantly, right? He's an African writer writing from the Middle East. So he's appealing to different markets and also just exploring identity and language and a lot of things. And in a way, it, was, it, it is kind of like a model for me, right? Because um, I want to be able to I want to. I want my stories to go as far as they can. So I think my my huge takeaway now is 
um, just learning more about other literary spaces outside of the English literary space, outside the African literary space. So now, like yesterday, all through yesterday in my hotel room, I was going through, I was looking for like sites where I could check out Arab, Arab literature and the leading um, influencers and speakers in Arab literature just so I could immerse myself as well i've reached out to a few of my um muslim friends in nigeria as regards like translating my work into arabic and making submissions to arab magazines so it's pretty much and yes i would also focus on the arab world but I also look to this in the spanish yeah. world as well but pretty much just diversify well that's uh pretty exciting stuff and certainly lots to do here and it's really wonderful seeing someone come in here and fully embrace culture here and try to engage with uh, writers here as well from different backgrounds and uh, yeah lots to look forward to in today's show as well yes indeed so thank you so much Namdi Irham we'll be back right after the short break to share more stories about different authors and also your perspective about Sharjah International Book Fair right here on Pulse 95 this is Pulse 95 Sharjah